Hi, and welcome to the Mindhammer podcast series. Whether you already subscribe and follow us on social media, or it's your first time, we're delighted to have you listening to our podcast. As some of you may know, Mindhammer is all about student health and well-being. We promote a regenerative and healthy lifestyle to balance your mind and body to deliver a future that supports you. You'll hear us tackle different topics with guest speakers and explore different disciplines like coaching, psychotherapy, fitness, nutrition, homeopathy, and lots more. So let's get into today's episode and give a warm welcome to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Mind Hammocks podcast. We'll be talking about something more serious today, a topic that a lot of people have requested help with. And to help us talk about this topic today, we have Camille, who is a fellow student and works closely with us at Mind Hammock. So today we're going to be talking about sexual harassment. We'll be focusing specifically on the effects of sexual harassment, what could change in the world around us to help support us as students, and advice on how to cope with sexual harassment. Not just the things that we could physically do to stay safe, but more focus on the emotional effects afterwards. We hope you find safety and solace in this podcast, and we are truly sorry if you've ever had to experience sexual harassment. Hi, Camille. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you having a nice day? Yeah, it's all right. It's just started, so I've got loads ahead. Good, good. It's a Saturday, everyone, when we're recording, so we're having a bit of a <laughs> podcast. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, sexual harassment um, on campus or as a student. And um, I know we've spoken about this a little bit before, um, so I suppose... The first question from us would be, how has sexual harassment shaped or ex- or affected your experience as a student? Um, I mean, like most women and young girls and um, trans individuals and LGBT identifying individuals, just anyone who's marginalised by gender or sexuality, we're always very much experiencing sexual harassment before university. But I was... Um, I was sort of expecting it as I came in, but having been inside is much different to when you're, you know, before you come into the situation. Yeah. It's, um, it's experience. It's, it's shaped my experience in the sense that I don't go out as often as I might like to. I, I rely on male friends to bring me home. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just very infuriating that we're not able to have that independence that we really crave. So I'm, for example, in a house of six girls none of us will let each other walk alone, which is really sad. And it's just, a, it's a very sad reality that a lot of us have to go through. Yeah. We, we spoke to some other students who have, um, yeah, who just, who've been speaking about it. And they said that it, it, they change what they wear sometimes because they want to yeah. wear something. They worry that it would um, attract attention. And so... They yeah, absolutely. Do, do you and your flatmates experience that sometimes? Um, very often I, I tend to gravitate towards baggy clothing anyways, but for that exact precise reason, I, I prefer the, the idea of people not being able to see me, although my clothing has never deterred negative attention. Yeah. So like I could wear hoodie and like a baggy hoodie and some joggers or like I could have not showered and I will still get negative, um, negative attention from men. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure it's the case for many other girls. It doesn't matter what we're wearing, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It's almost the, the power move in itself. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but it doesn't even matter who the person is who's being attacked verbally. In no. um, it's you more about, it's all for the person who's shouting that, that or harassing the individual. Yeah, it, it's, it's never a compliment. A lot of people do still have the mentality that it is a, a sweet, genuine compliment. But if that were the case, I, I compliment girls all the time. I, I, I love their outfit. Yeah. I love their hair. I love how they've done their makeup. I'm not going to be yelling at them across the street, right. um, making them feel insignificant or anything like that. But when you talk about it like that, it actually sounds quite ridiculous. The idea that you would Absolutely. scream something nice at someone. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't happen. And, and a lot of men then when you reject them, it's very often men who do this, <clears throat> but when they get rejected, a lot of them take that personally or or can't accept the word no and just get very aggressive so it can be dangerous for people who who are sexually harassed to just reject it so we we find ourselves in this vicious circle of what do we do and how do we go about this and what what is best way to keep myself safe yeah yeah and it can sometimes feel like a lose-lose I suppose as well yeah, um and I don't think there's any way that we can prepare for this um as women and obviously it's not just women who um, get sexually harassed but it does feel like um, most of the time it can be but did, yeah. did you feel prepared for this before you started studying because I know you mentioned that you'd experienced this before uni and um, then obviously it's become a lot worse um, so I suppose yeah did you feel prepared? Um, I, I, I would say I felt prepared in the sense that I knew it was going to happen mm. um, as, a, as a young girl I always felt um, watched or I was always getting sexually harassed in my school uniform and that was when I was as like as young way before puberty really which is just really really heartbreaking oh. but when you come to university you, you you move away from home you're in a new surrounding very often you're in a new surrounding and it's usually a much bigger city than what you're used to mm. and it's just what you're used to but times 20 mm. and as much as I could have been prepared, it, it does happen so, so much so on a regular basis. You kind of blur it out and you block it out. Although I do make a note of it mentally that it's happened because it's, it's just, it's not that it's a power move on my behalf, but it, it helps keep track of how horrible these men actually are. Yeah. And I don't want to minimise the situation. Yeah. And also I suppose if it's happened to you and you can come home to your friends who you live with, or you can go on campus and see people. And if you share your experience, then chances are that's happened to a lot of other people. Oh yeah. 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 And you, you, um, you can create a protective space within your unit. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Our, my university that I'm at, we've got um, a very good uh, social network with all students. Hmm. Um, and very often you'll see usually girls, um, posting that they've been followed, that they've been sexually assaulted, that they've been harassed, that um, they've been threatened by these strange the strangers, very often strangers. They could be students, they could be just your average citizen walking around um, in our neighbourhood. And it, they basically pre-warn other students, this has happened to me, avoid this area at this time or avoid this man. But mm-hmm. when you look at it online, you can see, because a lot of these don't get reported to the police, but thankfully we get to see it on social media. Yeah, yeah. And we, we have some idea of how large of a scale this problem actually is. Yeah. Is that, is that um, group, is that made by students or was that made by your campus? I believe it was made by the student body. Right, okay. 
but it's, it's a very, very large group. I think there's 37,000 members. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's a very good, very good um, network to have. Yeah. And I suppose it, yeah, it doesn't isolate you in your experience. You can share it. You can let people know what's happened and then there's support there. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I suppose this links into that. So my next question um, is about what do you think could change to make um, students or help students feel safer on campus? And, or do you think there could be better support for students? Um, I would say that there could definitely be improvements. No, nothing's ever perfect. Um, and I'd go as far as saying that some universities aren't doing good enough. Um, yeah. I won't name names, but for example, where I am, there's, I, I had an incident where um, I was flashed by fellow students in the comfort of my own home. And when this was reported to the university, their degrees were brought up and how scared they were of this affecting their future careers. Mm-hmm. And as much as I can I, 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 to be quite honest, I can't sympathise at all. <laughs> as, as much as that's, you know, it's a, it's just reality. You have to deal with your consequences. Yeah. You you chose to do that, and you deal with what comes your way. Like it's that's just how it is, yeah. and it should be how it is. But unfortunately, a lot of people still have the mentality of, oh, they're just boys. Oh, it was just a drunken mistake. Yeah. It's a bit of fun when it's not just that. That's that's scarring to whoever's had to deal with that. That's something they're going to have to live with. That's part of their experience now at university. Mm. When I came here, I didn't want that to be part of my journey, but now it has been, and that wasn't my choice. Mm. Yeah. So I think there's that attitude really needs to change because I didn't need to hear um, a member of staff tell me that their careers might be affected. Like I know that, but that's not my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they have to face the consequences of a choice that they made. And exactly. you had to deal with, with, with a choice that they made. You had no, you know, had no say in it, so. No, yeah, and that's, that's where consent becomes really key. And it's surprisingly a lot of young people, as old as, how, actually, there is no age limit, but that at university specifically, I've noticed a lot of people who don't seem to actually understand what consent is. Mm. And like, um, what even spiking is, for example, like spiking can just be adding more alcohol into someone's drink without them knowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And more people have been spiked than they realise because their friends thought it'd be funny to put a little bit more alcohol in their drink. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. It's that whole boys will be boys mentality and you know, funny and humorous, but the outcome is that, you know, you, you were left feeling unsafe in your own home. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's a very scary experience it's, and it shapes you. Yeah. It's just not, it's, yeah, a joke supposed to be funny and then it, it, and it makes you feel like, ends up making you feel maybe a bit loopy and that you're, you're, you're the problem, not the actions of someone else. No, exactly. Yeah, it's a very kind of thought out, um, yeah. horrible process. It is, it's the whole, like, boys will be boys and victim blaming and rape culture all come hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they all feed one another. And it's just really sad because we try and address these issues. And as much as I really want this idea of sexual violence to just be completely eradicated from our society with how people still continue to be shaped by what other people are saying, such as Andrew Tate, for example. Mm-hmm. 
it's just I know that there will always be that influence which is just really heartbreaking yeah yeah it's really sad but I do I do think you know even to us two having conversations like this um that's something that wouldn't have happened a while not even that long ago you know this is the fact we're talking about it we're noticing things are wrong um I guess if you think of what, what the network you have with um, your uni campus and all, yeah. you, well, everyone's backing each other. And yeah, absolutely. As much as the little things they do feel very powerful, they're very, they're small. They're a small group of people and they're small people. There's a whole, yeah. a whole you know, movement of people that know what, that what they're doing is wrong. So, no, yeah, there's definitely been some positives. Yeah, that's what I try and focus on sometimes when I feel overwhelmed with, you know, anger and upset. Yeah, no, that's definitely the right attitude to have. Um, our university, uh, quite a few years ago, actually held a vigil, um, I believe, for Sarah Everard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in, that was an opportunity for all other survivors of sexual violence to come forward with a microphone and talk about their experiences in front of thousands of strangers. Wow. Um, it, it was a really powerful movement and it was really nice hearing so many people, well, not obviously nice, but um, comforting in the sense that you're not alone. And, but it's, it's, it's such a bittersweet moment because you, you'd want to be alone in the sense that you don't want other people to experience those situations. Yeah. yeah. But you realise, well, I'm not and that's okay. Other people do understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, what happened with Sarah Everard that was um, it was horrendous it was tragic it was mm. a worst case scenario but when yeah. you get harassed on the street and shouted at that is the thought that goes through everyone's head or especially through mine and a lot of women I know um, of mm. what's going to happen you know yeah. and and it some I, I think some people might not understand that, especially the men that are shouting. They don't think that oh, this person mm. thinks I might kill them because that is a thought yeah. that, comes, that that I think that comes in a lot of people's heads. And I think that's why Sarah Everard, what ha- what happened, um, um, almost it it fired up a lot of people, being like this is yeah. so familiar and exhausting and scary. Especially with him having been a police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. <clears throat> I know that there were loads of vigils in London as well. Yeah, it was. It was an awful, awful time, really, and it actually slightly triggering for a lot of survivors as well. I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having to hear the same conversation over and over. Yeah. Um, so I think people also, if who, whoever's listening does find themselves struggling with that sort of information just simply because it hurts to hear it there's no shame in taking a step back from the media yeah yeah protecting yourself from as much as an important story protecting yourself from those stories because you you at the end of the day are very important as well oh I love that that's really (laughs) so that links in perfectly to my last question actually which is um what advice do you have for students that have had a similar experience to you um I'd, I'd definitely, well, just like I said, I'd definitely protect myself. Um, university can be a really lonely place um, and it can be really difficult to navigate, especially if you're a fresher and you don't know anyone. Mm. I'd definitely make my social media a safe place for myself. Yeah. Um, 
because when you're so far away from home, you don't actually have that many safe places or you might not feel like you do. So having your phone, something or like your laptop, something we're always on to be a safe environment would definitely help ment- like your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of safety, I mean, I can, I can give the classic, oh, you know, carry your keys in your hands, have a personal alarm, let you know, we'll let your friends know where you're going, have certain apps that can track your movements. I mean, I do all of those things. Yeah. But um, I would, I would definitely take on board that you're not alone in that. Um, perhaps each each survivor and each victim will will want to deal with what's happened to them individually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely know that there is help out there and people who will be supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that hopefully, I mean, I can't speak. For everyone but hopefully when if you were to report it would be well received and dealt with accordingly mm-hmm. so I would encourage people to speak out yeah yeah and I suppose there's support kind of like professional support so um psychotherapists and counsellors and stuff like that but there's also support with other survivors and other other people that have got yeah. the same experience which there are so many groups for um, yeah there are a lot of safe communities out there yeah, yeah. I suppose it's all about it's, it's about yeah. When whenever you're ready, finding those people. Whenever you're ready to talk, and if you're not ready to talk, just knowing that you aren't alone. And although that's exactly because someone else might have has gone through the same thing, it can also be um, really comforting to know yeah. that knows what you're going through. Exactly. Yeah, I think people just need to realize that no matter how how difficult the situation they've been through is there there is always someone out there in the world somewhere who's been through something very similar if not exactly the same and can relate to you in every level yeah yeah definitely all right Camille thank you so much and um, thank you for That's right. your experience and um yeah it's just been lovely hearing what you have to say thank you for having me it's been really lovely talking about such an important issue I just want to say a massive thank you to Camille for being so incredibly helpful and interesting and inspiring to talk to. And also to take a moment to conclude what we've spoken about. If you have been a victim or a survivor of sexual harassment, then you will know there is nothing that you can do to prepare for the feelings that come during and after harassment in this way. And it's also not your responsibility to prepare yourselves for someone else's behaviour. But what we can do is take care of ourselves after sexual harassment. This could be through creating our own safe spaces. Maybe that's through social media or just by talking to other people that have gone through the same thing. We hope you know that there is professional help out there. Um, Maybe that is through counselling or psychotherapists. Um, And if you ever do feel like you need some professional help, then please do reach out to us at Mindhammock. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We hope that you walk away knowing that you are never the problem and that there are always safe spaces for you. And if you ever need someone to talk to, then Mind Hammock are here for you. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you're enjoying the series and like our work, drop us an email at hello at mindhammock.com. Let us know what topic you'd like us to cover. We're here to help and we'll discuss anything and include everyone. Don't forget to check out our social media at hashtag MindHammock and our website, mindhammock.com. There, you can become a free member and receive access to more content like tip sheets, webinars, and videos. 
At Mindhammock, we aim to enrich the student lifestyle and our team of ambassadors from many universities worldwide can help you engage with our community through your uni. So, what are you waiting for? Join us in supporting your student journey. Keep in touch and stay safe. Until next time, goodbye.